Welcome to the first Intuition podcast. On this episode, we discuss awareness of the Pride movement and how we can promote inclusivity in college, our workplaces and wider society. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience. If you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. There'll be a link in the show notes. Hi, I'm Paul, I'm an HR manager and I'm a gay man. Pride is important as it provides visibility to all those not out, scared of coming out or who've only just come out that they're not alone. And as scary as things might seem at first, it will be okay in the end. That's why pride matters. Hi, I'm Zoe. As a straight woman who is a proud ally, I really see the need for pride, but more importantly, I see firsthand what it means to the LGBT community themselves. Pride brings people together and lets everyone celebrate their true selves without having to hide who they are. I love how accepting and open everyone is at Pride and I feel so lucky and honoured to be able to celebrate my friends in a safe space. Hello, I'm Ben and I am a GP working for the NHS in GP practices and emergency departments. As a gay man, Pride is a day, I guess, where I feel seen. Like many people, I'm a bit of a social chameleon. Every day I try to blend in and sometimes that's subconscious. So for me, pride is an expression of freedom. It's emancipating. It is reclaiming the voice. So many of us hide to fit into the straight world we inhabit. So I guess long live pride. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum podcast. My name is Ben Bullman and I'm joined again this week by my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Hello, Dave. Uh, hi there, Ben. And it, it to me, and this is not going to be any good for people listening, but it looks to me like you're not sitting in your normal office. So where are you today? It's a lovely hot evening as we're recording the session. And I'm sitting on the side of a lovely green park. My youngest daughter, they haven't started yet, but she's got another cricket match this week. So I said I would jump off the train and meet them at the field. So I'm sitting outside. It doesn't look like we've got any chance of rain, so I'm not going to have to dash for cover. Up to you, Dave. I'm sitting in my in my home home office. Actually, my it's actually my um my kind of spare room that I've got downstairs because my my normal office has been taken by my son who's doing physics homework. So I've been shoved off into a room and I've got the sun streaming through the window. It's rapidly heating up in here. So I, I would absolutely love to be out on a cricket pitch, you know, uh, watching with a nice breeze. Hopefully, as the evening starts to cool down, but that's that's for a few hours' time. Um, we have got a, um, a special theme today, Ben. So um, we've, we've been joined by some guests. And um, I, I, this is actually a theme that was um, put forward by, by one of the team in Chelmsford. So um, I, I'm going to introduce that particular team member first. So today we're, we're joined by, uh, by a few people. But first up is, is my colleague, Freddie. So, Freddie, welcome to the podcast. Um, could you just give the audience a, a bit of an intro as to who you are? Um, and you know, then we can move things forward a bit. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, I'm Freddie. I am a skills and development coach at First Intuition Chelmsford. Um, and if you wish to know, my pronouns are he and him. Excellent. Thanks for that, Freddie. And um, Freddie, you, you came to us and you said that, um, that that you felt that it would be really useful to do um, a, a special episode on Pride, which is why we're here today. Um, and we're going to investigate you know, a little bit more about kind of what Pride is. So I know it's something that if 
you know, if, if you haven't kind of come in contact with it before, it can be something that, that kind of looks, you know, a little bit daunting. Uh, and, you know, people sometimes are a little bit unsure about how to approach things. So what, you know, I'm hoping that we could do is maybe kind of demystify it for people and just explain kind of what pride is and what it means to people. So thank you so much for, for putting it forward as an idea, because Ben and I were always keen to have different kind of different things to, to discuss here. Um, and we've got another Another few guests here as well. So uh, I'm just going to move from, from left to right on my screen. On my screen, uh, I've got Gary. So um, good evening, Gary. Do you want to just say a few words about who you are? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Gary. My pronouns are he, they, and I identify as a gay male. And I currently live in Chelmsford. I've been involved in Essex Pride as an event since it started. Uh, uh, which is 19 years this year. It started as a very small scale uh, event and it's grown uh, to this huge festival celebration and uh, been involved in that since it began. So 19 years, that's that's a, a long, long time to be involved. So you've seen a lot of changes over that time then, Gary. So hopefully we can talk about some of those in a minute. And we were also joined by, by Saski. So welcome to the show, Saski. Hi, thank you. Welcome um, and thanks for having me. Um, I am very excited here. My pronouns are she, her, and my name is Saski, as you said. Um, I am an LGBTQ plus inclusion training consultant uh, in schools and the workplace. Uh, I'm also uh, a Pride host and a very proud Pride host for Essex Pride as well. Um, And I do a bit of interviewing and podcasting as well, but Basically, the work that I always do is around how I can positively spotlight the LGBTQ plus community. So um, any opportunity I get, I am there. So thank you for having me. Excellent. Thank you very much for being here. And th- thanks to everyone for being here. Now, we, there is one more guest that we're hoping to welcome uh, very shortly, but I know that he is running a little bit late. And so will be joining us um, a, a little bit later on. So I may do a little intro at that point. But um, if we kind of start at, at the you know, at, at the beginning, for people that, uh, that that are listening and maybe don't know too much about Pride, could you know, just ask kind of each of you just to give me kind of a, a, a little kind of introduction about kind of what Pride is, kind of where it comes from, and, and you know what what Pride actually is. And you know, I'm going to go straight to Freddie because you know, Freddie, it was you know your your brainchild that, that brings us here today. So, um, Freddie, what 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 do you th- you know what what is Pride? So Pride is a place and I guess a an event and a movement of celebration um it's to show gratitude to everyone that was before us that fought fought the fight um and basically paved the ways for the LGBTQ plus community that's here today okay excellent stuff and when you say you know those people that fought the fight behind you kind of what what sort of time frame are you, are you looking at there how long you know, in your mind, has that fight been going on for? Long before my time. Um, but <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to start right at the beginning, we're looking at 1969 at the Stonewall riots when it all first started. And that really did open up um, open up a, a whole new mindset for the world, for the community and the people that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. OK, thank you. And Saski, I went to Gary last time. So Saski, um, how, how would you describe Pride? Um, Yeah, I mean, basically very similar to what we've just heard there, you know, Pride, it's important to remember about Pride, it's not just about the party, because often when people see and and, and go and attend or, you know, have any kind of knowledge about it, they just see it as this big party and parade, which is great and it is, you know, that plays a big role, but it is an opportunity to kind of measure how far 
the LGBTQ plus community has come in terms of, um, you know, uh, rights, political rights um, around the world. Um, and yeah, it's just a time to see, you know, what still needs to, to, to change, because unfortunately, there is still, you know, everyone would always say, you know, we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. Um, so it's an opportunity to kind of take take stock and see you know what we need to do and also think about where we can how we can work with our allies to you know to help do that thank you and gary to you know fill in the gap there so what, what do what do you think of when you think of the, the kind of i guess the purpose of pride well i think it's evolved and it's changed and of course as freddie said it said it started as a protest um in a very big way uh, it was something that actually was uh, it was quite violent in, in its early days um, and around sort of 200 people were thrown out of the Stonewall Inn um, uh, and it, it was raided by the police uh, and I think the uh, LGBTQ plus communities just had enough of the inequality uh, and the treatment so uh, the Stonewall Inn was the catalyst of course uh, that, that started the Pride movement and, and that's what we look back on when Mark has as the moment of, of change uh, in uh, society and law um, and that was led to the progression uh, and the celebration that we know Pride has now. Yeah, th thanks, that. And th you've been involved in, in kind of uh, Essex, as you said, for 19 years. So you, know, you said there's been a lot of change kind of, I guess, globally, but what have you seen over that 19-year period kind of bringing it back to, to Essex and Chelmsford? Well, I think what we've seen is is the Essex uh, community as a whole have embraced this event and understood that it has value and it has importance. And the fact that it has grown for something that was were quite a small pub-based event and it's grown into this huge celebration and the festival shows that it still has meaning today. So, you know, even 20 years ago for Pride to have started and involved in the way it has, um, I think it shows that it's still relevant and it still has meaning for many people. Okay. And... Saskia, you said uh, earlier you're you're a Pride host. Yes. What what, do, what does that entail? What does that what does that look like? Um, for me, it looks like spray tan, getting my roots done and my nails. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> uh, but um, it's it's an opportunity to kind of, I guess, in a way, you you kind of have to make sure everything's as well as with the team helping you out. But as the front person, you are keeping, you know, the audience going, you're introducing the acts, um, and you're just making sure that on stage, as front of house, if you like, it all runs uh, as smoothly as possible. Uh, but of course, I would be nothing without the Essex Pride team and the teams of the prize. <laughs> and Freddie, um, what, why would you say that... The pride is something that's important to you personally because we talked about kind of why it's important as a, you know, a, 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 a in terms of globally and from kind of big things but on a personal level what why what does pride mean to you personally and, and why is it important to you so I was thinking about this earlier and and I always think of it it literally does just bring people together um I've got friends up and down the country that I don't see and then a pride event will happen and I get to see them friends and we get to celebrate who we are with no judgment. Um, we get to see others outside of the LGBT community. So there's allies that come along and they enjoy it and they just celebrate. And it, and it really is about just having that freedom. And it's also about having that freedom and that voice for people that can't or feel like they can't and kind of, I guess, motivating people in a sense to, 
to get up and be heard and finally feel that they are accepted and to and to feel comfortable in their own skin. And again, mirroring what Saski and Gary said, it's still a long way. We've still got a long way to go in terms of uh, there's still a lot to change. Um, in that sense, if we look at if we look at what's happened this year alone um, with the banning of conversion therapy, I mean, fantastic, brilliant. However, it's still it's still excluding tra- the trans community and trans people. Um, so yeah, that that to me is what Pride is about. We're still moving forward, and we've still got a way to go. And Gary, if I ask the same question on a personal level, what, do, what does Pride mean to you? Or why is it well, I think, I mean, I, I, would, I would consider myself actually quite lucky in that, you know, within my family, group of my friends, um, I'm you know, accepted for who I am. But I know because I've been involved with Pride for the time that I have been, that that's not always the case. There are people that, you know, come out to their parents, their family, and they are disowned. They can be thrown out. It's something that cannot be accepted within a family unit and relations. Um, and it, it can cause problems. You know, people that are struggling with their uh, identity uh, and on that journey of accepting who they are. Um, and I think that's what Pride does. It enables you to come to a safe space to meet like-minded people and uh, to make friends. And from that, you'll gain confidence. Uh, and it's a shared experience that you can have uh, with friends and with, with family. It's a, it's a shared experience that enables you to, to gain confidence um, and also to reach out to other organisations. You know, for example, Essex Police are a big supporter of Pride. They have a presence on the day. So it could be that if you're someone that is, you are the victim of um, a hate crime, a homophobic incident, you might not recognise yourself what that is. And so Essex Police on the day will happily engage and talk to people and explain what is a hate crime or what actually can be done about it and how the police will respond to that. So you might have an next door neighbour who's homophobic. And uh, you know, I know of friends who have, are in those kind of situations. Um, and so coming to Pride gives you access to information as well. Excellent. Thanks for that. And um, finally, Saski, why, why, why is Pride important to you? Um, again, a mixture, you know, echoing, I guess, what, what, what's just been said there, you know, f- from the, the political side and, and the, the, the opportunity for visibility for the sort of LGBTQ plus community, it's really important. Um, big, and again, to measure kind of where we're at. Um, a bit similar to what Gary kind of said there, I was very lucky um, in terms of my coming out journey that I was supported, even though it was, you know, it's still times where you still feel like, oh gosh, how's it going to be? It's still quite daunting. But I was one of the lucky ones. And it, 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 even though I was lucky, a lot of my friends, unfortunately, weren't. Their families didn't accept them, their friends. And, you know, as Gary said, where how people can be kind of, you know, disowned from families and how it can really have a negative impact. I saw that. So for me, whilst Pride is a great opportunity to obviously enjoy and party, because, you know, who doesn't love that? Um, it is also really important for us to come together, I think, as a community um, mm-hmm. and allyship both inside, within the community, as well as outside. And it, like everyone says, you know, it's that safe space for people to be able to do that, um, even if it's that one day where people can be their true, authentic self, because unfortunately we don't know, you know, people in their own homes, in it with their families, they, they often you know, having to kind of hide who they are. So it's that opportunity to share that um, and be together in unity, I think. And, and it, you know, that is something that, that to me is heartbreaking if, if people are either can't be themselves in their own environments where, where they kind of 
naturally are at home or in the workplace um, or, or at college even or, so, or at school. Um, but also then, you know, if, if people are have got those negative consequences, if people are, you know, abandoned by their family just for being who they are and you know I, i've you know I, I've, I have discussions with other parents where um it, it, their parents are talking the parents they're talking about issues that children are going through and that they say oh it's it, parenting is really hard and you know i, I was just about you know what's even harder growing up as a child that's what's really difficult because you're trying to find out who you are and yeah, I, I find parenting difficult all the time, but it's nothing compared to what's going on inside the head of my 16 year old, 16 year old son, because you know he's coming to terms with everything that's going on, hormones, feelings, things like that. And if you don't have a supporting background, I can only imagine, you know, only imagine how difficult that might, that must be. So having somewhere where you can be yourself, you know, I, I, I think, you know, is essential for anyone. You know, and if we've created that environment, I think, you know, or you've created that environment, I think that's 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 massive for people. But I do actually want to kind of ask a quick question. I'm going to ask stupid questions all the time just because I'm stupid and I need to find stuff out. But um, Saskia and Freddie, you both used the term ally in things you talked about. Could could I guess, Saskia, could you kind of explain, oh, Freddie, you've got your microphone off. Could you explain what you mean by an ally? Yes, yeah, so um, I guess we can both take this one, Saski. For me, an ally is somebody that um, has my back, somebody that is supportive and somebody that's outside of my world and community doesn't necessarily have to understand my world and community and what I'm going through, but is there to be a supportive and somebody to stand up and kind of help and support the community that I'm in to to kind of reach for success and get the change that we need. And Saskia, is that what you would? Um, yeah, again, echoing that, um, allies are, you know, people who um, are supportive of you, as whether it's as uh, an individual, as an underrepresented or marginalised group um, within society. Um, and But really, allyship, I think, is about, as, you know, Simmons Freddie said, someone who has got your back, ultimately, and someone who will be an ally even when no one else is kind of, watching it's not just oh I've got a gay friend or I go to pride you know it's actually about really having that understanding and speaking up and speaking out against you know maybe homophobia biphobia or transphobia for example um, and being that person who really does understand why that you know why that the, the fight is on and why it's important um, to, to be able to stand there and say actually I, I support you and I'm with you um, no matter what other people kind of think so allyship yeah it comes in many different forms I think but ultimately they're some of the key points. Um, yes. And Gary, would you would you echo those points? Yeah, absolutely. I think all, all of that, and of course, I think somebody who will, who as, as Saski touched on, would call out somebody if they are perhaps using you know not the right kind of language terminology that, that could potentially be negative or offensive to someone in the LGBT community. So, it's someone that is that, that is not perhaps necessarily in that community and doesn't identify in that way, but actually uh, they they understand and they call out and they stand up um, and, and, and will call out somebody for using you know, negative language um, uh, and, and saying and doing things that actually are offensive. And, and that's something that I know that, you know, as educators, we're 
very, very kind of, you know, Ben's nodding away. We're kind of very switched on about, but I know that it's something that kind of outside of that, that, the environment that I'm involved in does still happen. And I think it is important that, that you are, that you are calling people out when people are being inappropriate and not using the language that you'd expect them to. Um, I think I'm going to come to it a little bit later on because I have been asked by some of my team about the the kind of what it is appropriate to say and not to say. And I think I'll come across some of those questions in a second. But while we're kind of looking at kind of pride as an event, which I'm quite keen to find out from you guys, that I've I've attended two two pride events in in my time, and I kind of I guess apologise to say that. I attended them by accident because the first one I was I was on holiday with my wife in Ibiza and it, we we've, we we go to Ibiza kind of most summers when we can to try and pretend that we're young and it was one of the nights where we'd we'd had a really big night the night before I think we've been to Pasha and seen David Guetta play there so um, we decided to have quite a quiet evening we went to the old town had some tapas came out of the restaurant and there was loads of noise and colour and people everywhere all around the harbour and we kind of what's going on here and it was it was a a big pride event so we stayed there for the evening had a brilliant time really really enjoyed it um and then the other time was I, I'd arranged to meet and Ben you you know Gareth who who works with us he'd, he'd arranged to to um meet in London we were going out for some drinks and he'd arranged to meet somewhere and it, it Suddenly, we arranged to meet in the street and we were waiting for people to arrive. And there was a huge procession, a big carnival went past that was part of the, the Pride celebration there that we suddenly kind of got swept along with. Um, so I, I kind of just wanted to ask, as, as someone that, you know, as a, a straight male, can I go to Pride? You know, is that something that, you know, I can go there with a group of my friends or, or you know, is that something that I shouldn't do? Because I kind of I'm always unsure as to whether I should be there or not. So, Sassy, I can see you switched off your microphone straight away as if you've got an answer primed. So, you know, can I go? Yes, you can. And we welcome you. We welcome everyone and anyone. That is the whole part of Pride. You know, um, it's an opportunity for everyone to attend. And, and for people, maybe like you say, who are, you know, you said you're a straight male um, and maybe not having a bit more of an understanding of what Pride is about. It's a great opportunity to find out more. It sounds like, you know, first you're going to the RB for Pride. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> Uh, and then the second one but yeah definitely the more people obviously we want people who are going to share that experience enjoy it and have fun of course who wants anyone who's going to come and cause any trouble nobody wants that at any event but we it's absolutely welcomed um and as long as people are respecting each other then i would absolutely say you know buy your tickets now <laughs> and freddie you were nodding there as if you you agreed that yeah 100 percent. i've got many straight friends um that come to pride with me or i see them at pride every year i've met them at pride and i see them again every year and again that's what mirroring what i said earlier it bring it does bring people together um so yeah by all means um you are a true ally thanks Freddie. and gary i'm going to be a kind of a bit more specific with you because of your kind of involvement with with essex pride and this is something that one of our one of my team um, actually asked they 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 said that they've got an 11 year old daughter and they would really love to take their daughter along to pride but they just wanted to ask the question is it something that as an event you can enjoy as a family um, or, or is it something that you would advise that people did when they were a bit older? So what are your thoughts there? 
Well, I think for me, it, it's not a, a true pride unless it's completely cohesive and also uh, is enabling of anybody from all ages, uh, all walks of life to come to pride. And we absolutely make sure that we have something for everybody at pride. For example, we even have a family ticket. So um, <laughs> so it's something that we encourage um, we encourage for people to do. And for me, it's not a true pride unless it's cohesive and has a real mixture of people from all walks of life because that's the whole point of it it's about cohesion about bringing people together and, it, and if it's something that we say is exclusively for lgbtq plus people then that completely goes against anything really that pride stands for it has to be for everybody so uh we we have a, a pride uh, in essex for example we have things like circus workshops. We have the Essex Pride Drag Dog Show. Uh, we have uh, sideshows side and stalls. We have things that, you know, are there for everybody to enjoy, um, you know, as, as well as our, our bars, of course, and our big name acts and our, our local artists. There absolutely is something for everybody to enjoy. Uh, so it's completely cohesive and for everybody of all ages. And that's how Pride just has to be and should always be. And you said a drag dog show. There is a drag dog show. Uh, it is a dog show, but it's hosted by drag queens. So basically uh, this came about because we kind of thought, you know, people to come, in, come into Pride and, you, you know, we want to be inclusive of everybody, even your pets. So we had, a, we had an idea to have a drag dog show uh, so that you can bring your dog and into your dog into a whole range of different uh, classes, uh, including uh, best dressed uh, and a cleverest trick, the sit and stay challenge. So, yeah, we invite people to bring their dogs uh, along to Essex Pride. Don't leave them at home, bring them along. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And Saskia, would you echo that? Do you, it, it, you feel that, that Pride is something that is, you know, for, for anyone, you can bring families, everyone can enjoy it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think maybe the difference in. Some of the, the bigger prides where they may get a bit more crowded, although they are also for everyone, maybe sometimes parents may be a bit more resistant just purely because of the size of the crowd. Um, however, definitely, as Gary said, it's really important that, you know, because it's, it's also about allowing all generations also to understand you know, what that means and why it's important to have that inclusivity. And even for me, I'm a parent myself and I, um, any, any opportunity I get to take my son to Pride, uh, he always comes and, and as well, if I'm hosting, uh, as I have done many years with Essex Pride when I've had him there, he's been up as the Pride mascot on stage. Um, you know, so I, I really do uh, take a, an opportunity to do that. Although now he's getting to the age where he's, uh, I've got to literally pay him to do any public speaking. So <laughs> I'm getting conned and ripped off by him. But Parents, families, everyone and anyone. And pets, as Gary says. <laughs> and Gary, did you want to chip in there? Yeah, just wanted to add that basically uh, we had a tweet come through to us. And, and, and around Pride Month and Pride Season, we get many, many messages of support and people telling us what pride means to them through uh, emails and tweets uh not no, naming any names on this one but this is one that was particularly poignant uh for us uh, and it says my son came out to us last year aged 12 years old this year we're taking him to essex pride his very first pride event 
I couldn't be more proud of him. He's overcome bullies and more to be who he is. So that, that's a, a parent who's, you know, they're coming for a shared experience as a family, um, bringing their son who came out as 12, uh, 12 years old uh, and bringing him to his first Pride event. So, uh, again, it just shows uh, that Pride is absolutely for all ages. Yeah. And Saskia, you... When it's going... Sorry, I just want to say, just again, add to what Gary says, I think that's a prime example of, you know, the importance of pride. But also, you know, even when I work with a lot of families, parents, lots of the time, um, it can be quite isolating and lonely if you don't actually know where to go. You know, if your child comes out as, say, gay or or if they're trans or they're questioning their gender identity or sexuality, but you want to be a supportive parent and you don't really know kind of often where to turn. Of course, there's lots of great LGBTQ plus services. But in terms of that family experience, that first... Um, I do, you know, I know of many parents that, you know, personally and that I've worked with where they're really excited to be able to have that opportunity in that safe space to to show their child that, you know, they are really there. They, they truly do support and they want to make it the best positive experiences as they can. And I think Pride's again, you know, that's another important reason why, you know, it's, it's great that everyone can kind of attend. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's you know, I look at look at Ben at the moment and his background and Ben is you know, at the cricket because he wants to share an experience with his daughters because his daughters love that particular sport and he's there. And and as a parent, all I want to do is support my children in whatever they want to do. And you know, if 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 it is you know, the fact that you know one of my child one of my children come out to me and they they decide that they want to go to Pride, I would love to go with them because I want to share those experiences with my children, and that's really important to me. You know, whatever it is they want to do, and I think that. It's when people don't have parents that are supportive like that, that that's when it becomes heartbreaking. But Freddie, you want to, um, to come in? Yeah, just touch on that. And it was a reason why like, I wanted to get Essex Pride um, involved in everything as well. Is Essex Pride is, is I've always found, a very family-orientated pride as well. Um, and even if your child isn't gay or bisexual or has, hasn't come to terms with what they feel like they need to come to terms with just yet, um, still take them. It's like enjoy it enjoy the day it's still take them to Essex Pride enjoy what's around um because the end of the day it's still an education on growth for, for children young children young adults something that I actually wanted to ask you Freddie because this is this is something that I know that in the office I've had discussions with people about and I dare say that you've probably had discussions with you know apprentices about with line managers about um there's there's kind of I would say recently there's been kind of more awareness of, of, of people and kind of differences. And I mean, when, when we started, people introduced themselves with different pronouns and things like that. And I think that there is there's kind of there's two groups of people that I think that I, I'm concerned a little bit about. And there, there's one group that are kind of almost dismissive of those differences and saying, oh, why do these differences just matter? You know, and, you know, surely you know people are just people so first of all with that group of people you know why is it important that we explain to them or or what do we need to to do to educate people to understand you know why those things are important um i mean it's that's a difficult that is difficult for me to answer um i can give you my view on it you don't you don't i didn't have to tell you my pronouns um i guess being being he him is what most people would know the same as yeah. her and she um but i've done it for the sake of this podcast and that some yeah. people do like to express that and it's okay to express that as well as it's also okay to 
it is okay to ask and it's also okay to be corrected um if you do kind of mis misgender or, or misidentify somebody um and they say oh by the way i am actually not what you've said that's also okay um and again it, it falls back to education it falls back to learning and moving forward and accepting and being okay with how pe- others choose to identify um and I say the word choose it's not always a choice um but it's just it is something that you kind of just need to accept sometimes that things are moving very fast we've got such a more of a, of a wider range of freedom of speech these days that people are still growing within themselves and finding themselves so if they if they are going to identify as other than what you're used to it's okay like I said to be correct and it's okay it is okay to ask if in the right context and Saskia you, you've you said you you've done some work in kind of education in the past you know how, how how do you kind of overcome that kind of resistance or do you not encounter that Oh, no, I do absolutely encounter that on a regular basis. Um, and I do think, you know, often, you know, as, as Freddie kind of said, it is, it is about education, education and awareness. Um, I think the misconceptions about, you know, uh, pronouns and, and uh, LGBTQ plus identities and, and the media, I'll throw them in, is that often, you know, the media will play a, a paint a picture that, oh, you're erasing language and you, you can't say this anymore and you can't say that. And I think as me as a, as a inclusion training consultant and educator and as being part of the community myself, I would say it's more, not about erasing anything. It's about expanding language and actually allowing for all identities to be included. And when we think about our pronouns and why pronouns are so important, of course, you don't have to. There's no law to say that you should use pronouns or you shouldn't. Ultimately, language and communication is changing and is evolving um, and it is more it's more best practice as well as as well as polite, respectful and inclusive. It is often best practice, you know, in the workplace. And we'll even start to see that more. um, And again, not just for the uh, maybe more so for the transgender diverse or or non-binary communities, but actually for everyone, because we start to see all platforms are now using um or giving the opportunity for people to put their pronouns you know we think about linkedin instagram all the big you know the big platforms mm-hmm. are doing that and obviously not everyone on there is queer uh unfortunately for me <laughs> i'm only joking uh but you know not everyone is and it is actually about saying well you don't have to do this but the the thing is is that you're probably going to get a bit left behind you know mm-hmm. and can i just say one last thing because i use this as a, as a kind of an analogy on this is when we remember about the whole uh, no smoking when it was a thing of oh we won't be able to smoke in restaurants we're indoors and more and there was an uproar and it was like why do we have to do this this is never going to work it's not okay and now the idea of someone smoking in a restaurant everyone's like oh my god can you believe we used to do that it's one of those things where you think people often don't like change and be quite resistant and they and they can have their own opinions of course but actually the fact is that it's something that is happening it is it is evolving so if you don't have to get on board with it but it the changes are there regardless i think mm-hmm. I, I, I love that analogy of, of of smoking because whenever i see someone smoking indoors ever anywhere now i just think what's wrong with them how could they do that yeah. And Ben, I can see you've you've got a question there. I was just going to chip in and say I, I thought the power of it when you first came on and introduced yourself is not so much because you presumably wanted to share more that you've just given someone the kind of freedom to return that back to you. And I think we've got a very important role to play in a classroom environment. For me to walk into a room, I've been teaching thirty-five students today, 
I didn't start with that. I wish I had have done now. And it's something that I can hopefully learn. And if I said that at the start, if anyone wants to return that back, then you've given them the, the kind of acceptance that it's OK to do that. Is that something you would recommend when you are kind of presenting is, is to you know, say, you know, he, him or, or, or whatever pronouns that you, you identify with to introduce yourself? Um, I think for me, definitely, because it, it, as Freddie kind of touched on as well, it allows people to avoid misgendering a person, mm-hmm. um, and especially if they are part of the trans and binary gender diverse communities. But ultimately, it's not just for that in those communities. As I say, the language is about all of us being more uh, inclusive. And a good point to make here, I think, is where we have gender expression, you know, how we dress our outside, you know, mm-hmm. we, like how we kind of present ourselves um you know um physically uh if you like compared to our gender identity so what people visually see that in their minds they may think well you look like you're male or you look like you're female uh but that person may not identify like that just because of how they their gender expression is you know um so that's why you can avoid misgendering and you know those awkward moments for everybody um by you know using the pronouns and the trans community have um they have often uh, described um, being constantly misgendered as almost like that mental sandpaper. So obviously, you know, in- inclusion and making sure we're respecting people's identities is the most important thing there. Um, but best practice generally is, you know, to, to use pronouns, to get people used to, to that as well. Mm-hmm. So the more we do it, the more it would just become regular. Yeah, and, and it, it, it naturalises it. And yeah, people don't make the assumptions that, that sometimes that we're led to make, which those assumptions can then in turn make people feel uncomfortable that if, if, you know, because then you've got to go and correct someone and things like that, which I guess leads me on to my next question, because this is, I guess, the other group of people that, that, you know, I, I've spoken with who have almost got a fear of kind of engaging with people. And definitely I, I could imagine having a fear of ever going to something like Pride because they're worried about saying the wrong thing. And they're worried about insulting someone because they don't understand the correct terms to use and things like that. So what what advice would you give? I mean, I, I you know, earlier said, you know, what do you mean by an ally? Which probably was a stupid question because it is exactly what it says on the tin. But, you know, I'm sure that there are you know, I've come across lots of people that have those kind of worries about what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing and I accidentally insult someone? So how, how can we overcome that as, as a potential obstacle? Um, for me, again, this is this is common, and and you know, and as you know, they're never stupid, never stupid questions, David. It's all about learning at the end of the day, and, and these are the opportunities for that safe space to be able to do it. Um, and you know, I do hear often that people do don't either avoid a conversation or you know they won't just you know because they don't want to offend people, and it and it does happen. But that's why understanding around LGBTQ plus language and identities is really important. So understanding what the LGBTQIA plus means as an example, and you know, understanding um, about the important importance of pronouns. And if people are really serious about doing it, you know, they they just need to do a little bit of research. Google is your friend by all by all means. Um, but yeah, that's that's you have to educate yourself, isn't it? It's like on any any subject, and also be more confident in it. Um, you just have to get, tweak your tweak your language, tweak your understanding, and that is also part of allyship. You know, having that education um, about why am I supporting this particular group of people? What is that? What are their struggles? What are their issues? And again, the more with the more understanding you have, the more you empower yourself to um, be more confident, so that that doesn't happen, and you're kind of breaking down those barriers um, of communication. Um, you know, for for everyone in conversation. 
Thanks for that. And I guess leading on for that, and Gary, I was actually going to direct that question to you, but I think you had a few technical issues. So I'll, I'll kind of ask you, this is another question that's come from one of our team who, who asks, um, is it rude to ask someone how they identify? You know, is that something that is okay to ask or is that something that we shouldn't be asking, we should wait for someone to tell us? I think it depends on the relationship that you have, I think, really. I think, I mean, obviously, to go up to a complete stranger in, the, in those very initial uh, yeah. <laughs> conversations and to just ask that is just quite random and, and strange. It's uh, like, like any other kind of personal questions. I think you have to have got to know somebody on a certain level uh, before you ask that, as you, as you would do uh, and, and use common sense and, and common etiquette in any. But I, I think it's I think it's OK to ask that. Um, but I think you have to you have to gauge um you know, you've got to a certain getting level with that person. I think to be able to ask that question, yeah, something you can sort of just come out with straight away. <laughs> and Freddie, what would you say if, in terms of you know people asking those kind of questions? Um, exactly the same. It depends on the context. It's it's like going for a job interview, and one of their questions is, "So are you straight or gay?" And then you don't get the job. Is what you've just identified as kind of caused you not to get the job? It it brings up their insecurities again. So it definitely depends on. The context of the conversation how well you know somebody um i'd say nine times out of ten maybe let that person open up if they wish to they might not wish to um there's been many a times that i've been asked a question i've lied unfortunately just because of the, the people that are around me and the audiences around me which which is a shame and it happens and it still happens and it, and there's a question that i get quite often that is you don't act gay i don't and I, I think the person means it well, but it's also not a compliment <laughs> because how should you act? How should you be? And that kind of rolls on to, I guess, getting to know somebody as well as you can, getting that comfortability to then say to somebody, oh, do you mind me asking? And then striking up the conversation that way. It can, um, yeah, it, it, it depends on the situation, definitely, I think. But it doesn't hurt heart. It, there's no harm in asking either if you feel the time's right. It's one of the things that I, I, I had a discussion with someone um, on my team a little while ago where we looked at the, the group of people that we have working at First Intuition and there are kind of several hundred people uh, around the group that work there. You know, based on you know, just statistics, a proportion of those people will be gay. And you know, I, I, was, I, I was kind of thinking, I, I don't know anywhere near that number of people that work for us who you know have told me that they're gay but then then I actually thought how many of them have actually told me that they're straight very few of them you know I, I'm just making an assumption that because someone hasn't you know hasn't identified to me that they are gay that they must be straight that you know as far as I know they they, they could be you know it could have you know any sexual preference it's it, it's not something that I necessarily know about and you know would I go up to someone and say oh are you straight I would never, you know, think of doing it. So it, it's something that, you know, I can't personally think of that many situations where I would actually want to ask the question. If someone tells me, then that's fine. That's them wanting to share with me. But um, it, it's yeah, it, it's something that I think that it, it, it's almost kind of like someone wants to wants to ask it because they're curious about that particular person, but they wouldn't dream about asking it elsewhere. So you know, for me, it's kind of I, I would be a bit unsure. Uncomfortable asking the question, but Gary, you've got your hands up. 
Yeah, I mean, it might be in the future that we kind of steer away a little bit less from labels um, because, you know, there are some people that would say that they are uh, quite fluid in their sexuality and therefore don't feel like they actually fit in with a particular label or type. So um, there is that that aspect of it. You know, when you look at maybe statistics and say, oh, you know, within a company, there might be 10% people that, 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 that perhaps are LGBTQ+, but... You know, how many more of those don't identify or don't fit in with those labels and that that don't want to? So there is that aspect to it as well that I think in time that might change. And the the way we use those labels uh, could evolve as well. And yeah, just again, kind of touch on that. Sometimes asking people um, their sexuality and they're still discovering themselves may make them quite self-aware. And they may be hiding that part of themselves to others. And if it's if they feel they've caused someone to ask that question again, it brings it back to they can then just kind of sink deeper into a hole where they don't actually want to continue that journey or they're just struggling with themselves and self-identity as well. So it is um, asking somebody sometimes I'd be mindful of the context you're in and the conversation you're having. And Saskia? Yeah, and again, just like, um, as you pointed out, David, if you, you wouldn't ask someone, are you straight, are you cisgender? Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it, especially in the workplace, it's definitely a no-no to say, to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as Gary and um, Freddie have pointed out, you know, maybe in different contexts, different situations, if you were with a friend who, you know, maybe you wanted to, you know, again, you've always just got to kind of gauge it, haven't you? And be ultimately just be respectful as possible. But in the workplace, it's always as if, you know, if somebody isn't opening out, there's a reason for that. Um, and then if they kind of, um, you know, if they, if you don't understand, if they are opening out and you don't understand what maybe their, their sexuality or gender identity is, if you're respectfully asking, oh, what does that mean to you so I understand it and get it right, those kind of questions are, are should be welcomed versus the ones that are more intrusive where people feel they're entitled to ask those personal questions, uh, which I think people need to be kind of really mindful of there as well. And Gary, you had your hand up there. Did you want to add something? Yeah, I think just as as an aspect of that, I think, uh, you know, we talk about the concept of coming out. Well, it actually, I think, puts quite a lot of pressure on on people. And I think it's something that actually perhaps we should think about trying to move away from uh, because it, it kind of, you know, it's, it, you have this, we talk about people, oh, I've come out, I've come out. Well, you know, you don't sort of, sort of one day, decide that, that you've that you're gonna I, mean, I guess it's a public announcement isn't it it's a way of publicly telling people who you are but some but I think it puts a lot of pressure on people and I think we should just perhaps just have the concept of you just you just evolve uh, and you are who you are rather than making having to make a big announcement you know we don't we don't make big announcements about coming out a, a straight so you know I think again it kind of it's something that isn't quite equal yeah, uh, I agree. And it's you know, when I when when you if you flip flip things around and say, you know, would you ask someone if they're straight? No, I wouldn't. You know, would you would you you know say I'm coming out because I'm coming out straight? No, you wouldn't. So you know, why why do we feel that it's necessary that if you're not straight that you you need to make an announcement? So no, I I, I yeah, I completely see that. Saskia, sorry, I just want to add as well, but the, another thing to add on that as well is um, again, yeah, hopefully we we get to that stage, but coming out is always is also because there is because there isn't often acceptance you know so it's the risk as well of 
you know, will it be, will I be accepted if I do come out? And and that's why I guess when you go bring it back also to wanting to be your true self, uh, you kind of have to say, well, this is actually who I am. But like Gary says, you know, we ideally we want to get to the stage where people don't have to have a coming out party because there's the worry of of you know, will it be okay? Will I be accepted? You know, and uh, I guess with all the work we do, that's what we're kind of working towards, striving towards, so that eventually people just are with and and you know whoever they're with and how they identify. It's not an issue. It's not. A, it's not a label. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. On the subject of of kind of um, of saying the wrong thing, I, I am I'm the guiltiest person in the world of accidentally saying the wrong thing. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, a networking meeting in in Southend, and um, I, I was speaking to a lady there who mentioned that she had recently got married, and then I made a reference later on to her husband, and then she corrected me to say that no, she married a lady, and the reality was she just laughed about it and she said, everyone does that. Um, but now, but now I know, and I've had two or three interactions with this lady since, you know, I, I consider myself to, you know, have a really good relationship with her. I can see my, me working with her and, you know, she's always been really forthcoming with me, but yeah, it was one of those moments where it's kind of like, Oh my God, how could I, how could I have been stupid and say something like that? But, you know, I, she just took it very, very well. And I think most people will. If you make a mistake, most people are happy to correct you with whatever it is. And then you tend to move on with that. You know, if, you, if you're nasty and horrible, then, yeah, people are going to have an issue with you. But, you know, nothing was meant. There was no malicious intent. And it was, yeah, a mistake that I probably shouldn't have made. In, in retrospect, I should have dealt with the way that I talked with her a little bit more elegantly. That's a lesson that I've learned now and that I won't necessarily make assumptions where I don't know the full facts. And I, I could have dealt with that a lot more elegantly now. I, I, I know definitely. Gary. Yeah, I mean, I think in every every aspect of life, we all make assumptions, don't yeah. we? But I think it's it's how things evolve in terms of um, how we apply our thinking in the language that we use. And I think as long as that's evolving and moving forward and getting better, but it, but it's also about how we then react to that afterwards. And, and you know, and if you, if you then, if you do apologize and, and you say, well, thank you. Thank you for telling me. Uh, I really appreciate you correcting me on that. It's how you also, it's how you react to it, isn't it as well? Uh, that I think is important. And Saskia. Yeah. And again, just to say, you know, like we are all human, we, we do make mistakes and, and that's just normal. But again, it's like as Gary says in yourself, how you respond to it. Um, but it's when people are maybe constantly misgendering a person, for example, when they keep laughing it off. like, Oh, sorry, I just can't get it right. Oh, God, I keep calling you she when you're he. And that kind of thing where people aren't actually being respectful after one or two times and things like that actually very quickly, particularly if it's happening in the workplace, as an example, can very quickly move from maybe a transphobic incident to trans, a transphobic hate crime because when it becomes regular, if it's been if it's being monitored and reported, when it becomes a regular thing for that particular person by the same person, same group of people, it can very quickly move to a transphobic incident. So obviously we don't want that happening anyway, but people should be very mindful that it's not okay to just go up for the hundredth time. Oh, sorry, I've misgendered you again, or I'm calling you Dave when actually you're Sarah. You know things like that. Yeah, thanks for that. Now, Freddie, before um, yeah, before we sign off, Tim, I just wanted to to ask what um, we said that you know Pride you know really was born out of that a, a protest movement, you know, kind of fifty plus years ago. What are the the barriers that we still need to overcome now in twenty twenty two? Oh, 
um, the barriers that we need to overcome. How long have we got, Dave? You've asked the question right at the end. (laughs) Um, I guess the main barriers is equality by far. It's got to be equality and acceptance. Um, And and it's hard hard to kind of be accepted by everyone. It's hard to be liked by everyone as such as a person, let alone a community. Um, But I think the barriers that are there are mainly around judgment there's still hate crime a high volume of hate crime which is a surprise um having same-sex relations in some countries is still illegal still criminalized um and you'd kind of hope that really the united kingdom is paving the way for the rest of the world as such and and that's why we do have the prides and that's why we do come together and and we've got people that our allies that are still supporting that within the celebrity limelight as well, really, because they've got a, a larger fan base that reaches a larger nation as such. Um, th- there's many, there's many barriers. So uh, sorry, Dave, to pinpoint one would be really hard, but that, that is the main, the main thing is equality is the main barrier. And it, I mean, you think back only, what was it? Only nine years ago, 2013, 2014, roughly eight, seven lost me maths sorry i'm not an accountant here um is when same-sex relation uh, same-sex marriage in the united kingdom was made legal that's not long ago at all so yeah that's one of that i can think of there i'm afraid yeah i mean and in, in from in my world in the world of accountancy you know the the, the tax legislation changed to, to recognise same-sex relationships, in, in, it was only about ten years ago because you know, when when civil partnerships came in, and, and up until that point, from a from a, a tax perspective, there was no recognition of anything other than a male-female relationship, male-female marriage, and, and you know, that has thankfully changed now. But that's only a very very short period of time that that's, that, that those rules have actually been around. Um, Gary, what what would you say are the you know kind of main barriers or any other barriers that that we still need to overcome you know now in twenty twenty two? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, you know, when you look back at how far we have come, the changes in law and legislation have been phenomenal. Um, but I think, Freddie, you just put it so so perfectly well there. You just said it all for me, like, in terms of... Uh, and I think the thing, I think, the thing for me that I think I would like, and I'm I'm not someone who is, who would want to in, in, in public be, have big public displays of affection and kissing my partner and stuff walking down the street. But if I wanted just to hold my partner's hand as I'm walking down the street, as you see often people do, I'd like to do that without fear of looking over my shoulder or fear that somebody's going to, at the very least, stare, at the very worst, attack me. And and that still is a fear, and it is still current. Um, and there are, you know, I mean, I feel like I could walk through Soho, no problem, and do that. But would I feel like I could do that in the high street of my hometown? I'm not so sure, not with full confidence. So I think that's the thing for me that, that needs to change. Um, you know, we've had some amazing, amazing changes in society and law, but the stigma, there is still st- stigma and there is still homophobia. Um, and I still feel that we have a way to go um, for complete equality. And that's what Pride events push forward. And, 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 and that's why they are still so important for visibility. And Saskia, have you got anything you'd add there? Yeah, I mean, again, I agree with exactly what's just been said by both both uh, people there. But I think also as well, we, 
it shows we just can't be complacent because yes, we have great laws, we have great policy, and then and as Gary said, you know, it's, it is we're very we're very lucky, and even Freddie, you know, in this in this country, although you know, still stuff, lots of stuff to change, but there's, we're, we're in a much better position than many other countries and parts of the world. Um, but I think what will really help that, and it is about education and awareness and making that compulsory and regular in schools, in the workplace. We do have an LGBTQ plus inclusive curriculum now, but it's still gonna take time to be embedded, but making sure all of this is continuous and compulsory, then that is where we will eventually start to kind of, you know, see that real change, I think. Mm. And I think what 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 Gary was saying there, it, it just just that act of, of holding hands with someone that you love, you know, walking you know, walking through your hometown here in the UK, and still, you know, having that fear that something might happen or people are going to stare at you, you know, it, it shows that there still is a long way to go to, till you know because I don't have that fear, and you know, it it, it it's you know I I just think it's awful. That, that you couldn't, you know, do the things that I would do with my wife, walking hand in hand with someone that you love. It just, yeah, it, it, it makes me feel a little bit upset and it, it makes me, you know, feel that we have got a long way to go. And that's in the UK. And then if you, if you then take that, you know, overseas where, you know, you can still get arrested, you know, you can still be imprisoned. We've still, you know, as, you know, as a global community got a long way to go. Um, the, the final thing that I wanted to ask, and I, I hope that, that we've all got enough time is, um, do, do you see a time that you know we won't need to have a pride at all? Do you see a time when we, we we can have a community that's so inclusive that pride is no longer needed at all because we accept people for who they are? And Freddie, you've got your hand up. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest answer to that is no. Um, I think there will always be a need for pride, and that is um, again looking back where we've come from, from riots to marches to to um protests now to celebration and it will continue to be a celebration but even in 2022 we've still got some changes to make um and it's outside of this country as well so if we as a country thought oh, do you know what we've come to an agreement we've come to a point where we're all equal let's no longer have them what are we saying to the rest of the world saski yeah and i and i say as well that you know whilst um I would love to hope, as we all would, that, that we will get to that that place where actually we still have Christ because they are amazing and great fun parties, but it's not about the political side of it. But actually, I feel we won't, there'll still be a pride as long as there's, you know, as long as there's still racism, as long as there's still disabledism, as long as there's still sexism and misogyny, until we get to that place ultimately where we are fully, you know, tackle, tackling discrimination as a whole, there will always be, because intersection or intersectionality, there'll always be someone impacted through other identities that they hold, where they will need, you know, they, they will be discriminated against or experience prejudice. So, you know, when we get to that place with social justice, I think then, you know, we have one big massive party. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And Gary, would you add anything there? Yeah, I think if we, if we got to a point in time where pride wasn't needed because we had total equality, I would happily sacrifice pride events for, for that because that's what we're aiming but um i can't see that that really happening in my lifetime um it, it could do but um yes yeah, so i think there is there is still a need for it at, at the moment but um I, I think yeah i think if pride um 
evolves it, it becomes more of a celebration and I think the important thing is is that we we have pride because what we don't want to do is is take any backward steps and I think that's what pride does it makes sure that we're not taking steps backward if, if pride was abolished and wasn't needed that might happen because it gives visibility and uh, an importance and an emphasis for um, equality. Excellent thank you and I guess lastly um, how can I find out about, about Pride events near me? Where, how can I find out about where they are and how to get involved? Uh, well, uh, I can, first of all, love, love to speak for Essex Pride, obviously, because that's the one that uh, I'm the, the chair of uh, and have been involved in since it started. So, of course, I'm a little bit biased, um, but other Pride events, of course, <laughs> are available. Uh, but for Essex Pride, uh, it's EssexPride.org taking place on Saturday, the 25th of June in Chelmsford. Uh, we do have our Pride March, of course, this year. Uh, for the first time, we have a march, which is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the very first Pride March in the UK. Um, so a very timely uh, uh, event for us this year, a very timely day to have Essex Pride uh, and its first march through city centre um, and so we have an expression of interest form for that. So we're looking, still looking for groups and individuals to come and take part in the Pride March. Uh, and that leads us nicely into Central Park, into the Pride Festival that opens at 12 midday. But for all the information, uh, EssexPride.org is the place to go. Excellent. Thanks, Gary. And Freddie, you've got your hand raised. Yeah, and if you're if you're looking for um, anything after Essex Pride or before Essex Pride, you've also got London Pride as well, which you can find at pridelondon.org. And Ben, for yourself, for the family, you can go to thepinkfestival.co.uk for Cambridge. And Saskia, would you add anything there? Um, yeah, I would just say, look, take any opportunity that you can. Google is your friend. So just check out where are the prize, where are the places where you can, you know, have those uh, opportunities to share um, and have fun. So that's it from me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we have run up against our, our time limit today, so I, I do want to thank Saski and Gary for, for being here today. Um, you've been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for bearing with me and, um, and, and explaining everything to me. It's really, really appreciated. Um, Freddie, thank you so much for, for suggesting this is a topic. I've, I've had a brilliant evening. I've really enjoyed talking with all of you. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation, so thank you so much. Um, for the listeners out there, thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. If you can leave a review, we will put all of the links to the Pride events in the show notes. So if you are interested in getting involved, there will be links there where you can find out more. But until next week, stay safe, everyone, and we will see you soon. Happy Pride.